Outkick 360 is back, Thursday edition. Alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski, I'm Jonathan Hutton, Lance Lee, Jacob Swanson, Sarah Triplett, David Reed is the chairman of the board as we broadcast live from the Blackbird Academy and Blackbird Studios, live from Studio G in Nashville, Tennessee. Big show today, pro football doc from Outkick.com, Dr. David Chow will join us. That's coming up in 45 minutes. LeBron James says the wear and tear on the NBA players are leading to all of the injuries we're seeing across the NBA right now in the postseason, all the all-stars that are missing time, quarters, halves, games. That's all straight ahead. We'll discuss that. Plus, Titans minicamp and the Tennessee Power Hour and much more. Gentlemen, good morning. You know, it's, um, it's rare when I tweet something and then immediately think, um, I, I really missed the right tweet. Because <laughs> I saw a lot of people had the right tweet. But I tweeted last night when the Sixers were falling apart that Philly is doing Philly things right now. Because when I think of Philly, oftentimes I think of near misses. And I think of just not always quite being there at championship level. But then I saw a bunch of other media members tweet, Philly doing their best Atlanta impression right now, playing the Hawks with the Braves and the Falcons' failures over the years. The most recent being the Falcons giving up a 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl to the Patriots. But that was a sight to behold watching the fourth quarter of that game because it is rare when you see professionals so lost the way the Sixers were. They were all standing around watching each other, having no clue what to do. There was no plan. Doc Rivers looked awful. There were no sets. The one time they tried to run a set, Tobias Harris insisted on throwing it to the play they set up with three guys standing there, and it was a turnover going the other way. What an awful late game display by Philadelphia. I had a little trouble with my FanDuel app last night, and I wasn't watching the game, but I saw how big the lead was checking in. I knew that we'd already lost on the Padres, uh, but I saw the monumental lead, and six. Or, uh, uh, at that point, Atlanta was like 17 and a half, and I'm like, well, we could get some money on that. It's not going to end that, that badly. And then I flipped over at the very end, like I often do, and I was like, holy crap, like all of America. Uh, that would have been a, a great bet. You know, I, I like to bet when somebody's blowing somebody out that it's not going to be that bad a blowout. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. That those games can leave a jagged, ugly scar. You know, it tells us. The next game tells you a lot about the Sixers, obviously, but you've got to feel great about Atlanta now. They kind of in this nothing-to-lose, carefree, and Philadelphia's got to be tight. Tight after doing stuff like that. Well, someone argued with me uh, on my point earlier this week about how the NBA's broken with all of these. It, it's not compelling in the middle of these games. You flip over and there's a 26-point lead, and the argument against that was, well, the series are tied 2-2. What more do you want? I just want compelling matchups where I flip on the channel and I'm compelled to stay with yeah, it. Yeah, if it's tied 2-2 in um, four 20-point games, that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, now they're tight down the stretch, but it's still, I mean, we're seeing collapses more than we're seeing comebacks. With missed free throw opportunities. We saw back to back. The Bucks collapsed not of this magnitude, and then the Sixers collapsed monumental. Chad's right about the, the lack of sets and just discombobulated. Um, it's just bad. Um, it's like an all star game where you, you see the East versus West, 30 point swings one way or the other, and by five minutes to go, fourth quarter, you have a game. I, that, to me, that's not compelling. I mean, I, I think, you know. Being down 26 and coming from behind and winning is, is somewhat compelling. 
But uh, I'm, if I'm turning over with five minutes to go in the third quarter and it's a 26-point game, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm going to the Braves-Red Sox because they're yeah. tied at six in the eighth. And they're not turning you're not back until it's back. close. And, well, Twitter tells you to, when to come back, but... Uh, it just it, there seems like an NBA doomsday scenario uh, happening right now with uh, games that aren't close until the very end in certain circumstances, with teams coming from way behind. But the teams that are left, this seems like a worst case scenario, outside of Brooklyn and maybe the Clippers, because of star power and market. But man, I mean, it's Atlanta's going to be heading on to the to the the finals, the Eastern They're Conference finals. Three, two. I mean, I, I think that's happening. Philadelphia is not going to recover from this. I, I just don't see any way. They kind of know Doc Rivers is saying all the right things after that game. I do not see them bouncing back and, and well, winning nearly, too straight to win this series. Keep in mind, game one in Philly, we nearly saw Philly pull the comeback. Yeah. And Atlanta was able to hang on, right? So, well, Maybe it was Atlanta that almost came back in game one and Philly won. Either one, there was, there was a game there where someone had a mad dash yeah. to come back in the end but fell short. That's a horror story. I had a horror story last night in my house. It was short of a naked acid guy breaking in. Uh, but it caused nearly the same ruckus. Um, dream scenario, again. Vivid dreams are back in the Kuharski house. The, I'm in like a dorm setting. I'm, I'm my current age. You had a bad dream? Yeah. I was upset for you to say that this was your, your young son no. having a dream that scared I'm in the, like a dorm I'm in a dorm setting, but it's like uh, one big room, but very well divided, like with heavy canvas dividers that are, you know, relatively good sound barriers. They go to the ground, you know, but it's not like cement walls. It's like everything's divided by these kind of things. I end up in a situation where I'm talking bleep to somebody mean, angry, and dangerous. Uh, but I get out of that situation. And then I'm in my twin bed, like sitting up reading, either reading on a laptop or reading a book or whatever. And three guys come in who, if I'm recalling Insane Clown Posse correctly, these three guys look like Insane Clown Posse. I'm hoping Jacob can show me what Insane Clown Posse look like. Like this, but scarier. Less funny and more angry. Three guys right up against the edge of the bed. Like the clown from It is what I'm picturing. Nah, less clowny, still. Okay. Not, John ju Wayne not Jadavian. Yes. Murderous. And they are really Homicidal. scaring the F out of me. And I think I'm about to be killed. And I cannot find my voice to scream. I'm trying to scream for help in the dream. And A common I, dream thing that happens. Yes, and I cannot get the scream out. But in real life, I get the scream out, apparently. And I scream, help, 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 three times in my house, where Teresa grabs my arm and settles me down. Simon comes sprinting into the room. And I'm still kind of out of it. <laughs> Teresa settles Simon down. She said, Dad had a really bad dream. And I oh say, you can stay. You can stay in the room for the rest of the night, buddy. It's fine. And I am just freaked out. Freaked out. Screaming for help in my Tony Brentwood summer, uh, uh, suburb. Um, so it might as well have been a breakout in my house last night. I reacted more frightened than I was for the break-in. Help, help, help with the insane clown posse trying to kill me. Chad.
You've often put Tell me on the thoughts. couch. I need meaning here. <laughs> Did you awaken in some sort of cold sweat? I didn't really wake up that much. I woke up enough to tell Simon it was a bad dream, and I went right back down. Like, I don't know that I was fully awake. I just was relieved. But you were able to go right back to sleep? And then Pretty much right back to sleep. What did Teresa relieved. say this morning? Did, did it wake her up and did she stay up for a while, or did she go right back to sleep, uh, too? I didn't have a chance to check in because I was running the kids' baseball. Um, but uh, we did have a conversation about a uh, freaky that dad really had a bad one last night. Um, did you take some melatonin or something? I didn't. I don't know I that I've ever anything. talked in my sleep. So I'm probably the wrong person to ask about this. Um, I, I know people who do some crazy things in their sleep. I had a buddy who um, got drunk one time in my dorm and woke up and went three floors down and went to someone else's room and got into someone else's bed and woke up to two other guys surrounding them, staring at him, saying, you okay, bud? Because he was in the vacant bed that their buddy that lived there was in his girlfriend's place. Was he asking about the quality of the lovemaking at that stage? No, no. We, had a, we, um, we woke up one time in, uh, uh, at our condo in college, and there was a girl sleeping on our couch that thought she went into her condo. That type of stuff's pretty common. The, the, like the drunken entering and then passing out somewhere. But this was, my buddy was asleep. He was drunk, then asleep. And then four hours later, woke up and he was sleepwalking to another floor. He said he went to the bathroom and thought he came back into our room and was two floors below us. I did not drink. And went to sleep. I did not sleepwalk. I just have felt you, I was going to have be Have you murdered. talked in your sleep before? Uh, maybe a, a slight bit. I think Teresa does it more than I do. She's done this out of dreams. Not to this volume level, though. I mean, I was... I it's was more common horrified. in women. I do know that. Like sleep, sleep talking is more common with women. And I think the thing where so I couldn't get it out in the dream, like if I could have screamed in the dream, but I just for some reason couldn't, it's weird to me that in the dream I was unable like to get above a whisper, but in real life I had no problem whatsoever. We, I had a, a roommate at, at MTSU in college at the dorm who would sleepwalk and he got up and like, and, thinking he was going to the restroom and peed in the closet. Oh, I have a guy that does that. He peed on I, the closet, couch. Yeah, I mean, I, well, I did that one because I was toilet. too lazy to go to the bathroom. <laughs> like, oh, no, this this was like full on. He thought he was at the urine. Yeah, uh, that's, I, I've, I've heard of that happening before, too. Um, yeah, I think I, I've done it before where I'm like, I'm going to wash these clothes anyways. I'll, I'll pee on this hamper. <laughs> oh, Jacob, you seem I'm not, eager. I'm not, going, Jacob, I'm not going all the way to that bathroom. Jacob seemed very eager to provide the insane clown posse. Uh, how, how dangerous are these fellows? No, they, they're they not dangerous per se. Would they have killed me? No. Th these guys wouldn't. No, they're all about love and drugs. How about their fans? Their fans, I mean, they their might be on crazy. acid or something and not. They, they'll, they'll be afraid of you and maybe kill you in defense. I wasn't because doing, they're on acid. I wasn't doing crap. Right? What do they call their? Reading. They call their fans juggalos or something. Yeah. Juggalos. I mean, this is a old Howard Stern bit. They would come in studio all the time on Stern Show, ICP. Paul, I'm a little I, scared I recounting it. Um, I don't know why you're scared. First off, it's a dream. So tough. Some enough. dreams are very. I think you need to go back to lively. eating whatever you were eating when you <laughs> yeah, were hard. fatten up. Yeah, like would you, whatever foods you were eating, like there's. Dude, you can't blame me for having going a dream on. that scared. There's me. something that's going on with your weight loss. And your new diet that I think is making you more afraid. Like, I think it's a diet. This is like Hutton with low D yeah. when he was in Indianapolis. Like, is it an something iron your deficiency? Is, you're producing melatonin. It's something to like, it's making you more. <laughs> melatonin you gives did, me very, you got very falling asleep. You here. got very worked up yesterday in a good way where you went off on. Um, uh, oh Sticky gosh. stuff? No. The Titans. 
Something to do with a story about the Titans. You, you cursed. Oh, Ben Jones. Ben Jones with the Titans. Thank Don't you, get buddy. me started on Ben Jones. So uh, that was like, okay, maybe Paul's <laughs> put iron back into his diet or something has happened to where that's going. But now you're having nightmares where you're afraid the next day still and you're screaming in your sleep. Did you watch a show with clowns in it? No. Yeah, what did you, you, what did you watch last night? I'm fine with night? clowns. I find them a little boring, <laughs> to be honest. Not, not scary or funny or anything like that. Um. I don't know. I, I've never. What did I watch last night? I watched a soccer game. I think to fully. And then I've been reading the words help in your sleep, and not it just That's not come complex, out as like right? uh uh. That's complex. Uh, yes, <laughs> because like uh, my wife will have a bad dream, and I'll hear her like. Do that again. In distress. <laughs> Can you do that again? This is what your help should sound like. I think. Uh uh uh. <laughs> That's what I Mash think. Mash up. That's what you would hear, right? Yeah. But you guys God, know, like glorious. you it wouldn't like be fully formed. The Get fact, to work on that. The fact you're shouting, help, 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 is a, a literal cry, cry for help. For help. <laughs> Boy, this is something else. I think the My help screaming is, for help was Paul, a scream for help. Paul needs, Paul <laughs> needs fattier foods in his diet. That's the help that he needs. He needs some iron. He needs some iron. He needs some D. He needs Eat some, some D salmon. to you strengthen. Get, you get iron and vitamin D. I had salmon very recently. I, I just... Yeah, the fact you're still worried and afraid of a scary dream is is a little odd. And again, I, I I've never heard someone actually form fully words. form help help help. Have you formed words when you're sleep talking or in nightmares? Uh, text, tweet us, or comment in our uh, in our stuff. There are some people in the YouTube chat that had some some bad dreams. Um, someone said about their their dog. Another one's talking about Pac-Man Jones. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely. I mean, Pac-Man Jones would have fit right in with these dudes. Yeah, well, I so mean, if he was the fourth dude, uh, no, I Pac-Man's godmother. Yeah. Said, uh, <laughs> DJ says time to bring back Pac-Man's godmother back on the show to get Paul uh, uh, her thoughts on demons out. <laughs> Strange dreams. <laughs> Someone said Chad doing the Najee Davenport. I don't even know what that is. It must be a reference to. Did he pee on things? Oh, uh, did he? I in don't the know. hamper? Or he went. Uh, I was uh, expecting more of an uh, R. Kelly joke. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> the, that seemed to be the easy joke to make there. Chad left his uh, young daughter alone for two minutes today. and How'd that go? That went great, didn't it, Chad? Yeah, so I uh, had my first bloody nose experience <laughs> with a not-even-two-year-old. Um, walked up, printed something off, walked upstairs, told my six-year-old, uh, Evie, can you watch Lucy? Watch Lucy for just a minute. I get to the top of our stairs, and I hear, help, boom! Help, help, In a bad <laughs> scream. Yeah, not even help, help. Just boom. This was Three Chad's Three-second pause. Scream because I was waiting for it. something's bad. So I, I'm glad that she was making sounds at that point, but I heard a bad collapse on the floor and then a scream. And I go down there and I'm asking uh, Evie, I asked you to watch her. What happened? And she just nonchalantly says, I don't know. She was on the floor. <laughs> when I look back, she was on the floor and screaming. I'm, oh, thanks. Vivid description. So then I'm holding, and she's screaming and crying. So I'm holding her and patting her back. It's okay. It's okay. And I hear Evie say, Her nose is bleeding badly. And I look up, and there's just gushing blood out of her nose. So she clearly just fell face first onto the floor off the, off the kitchen chair she likes to climb on. And, um, yeah, that was my first bloody nose. So the rest of the morning I spent just walking around with a Kleenex and wiping blood off her nose every time it dripped down. Tried to do the adult thing where you put the tissue okay. up the nose. Not Did not, not take. Happen. Any ice? She kind of looked at me like, please take this out. What are you doing? <laughs> Any ice? No ice. Um, didn't look like it was really swelling. Uh, Angie was who was out at the time was coming back and said, "Is did she break it?" And I said, "I don't know that kids that age. It's got to be really hard to break their nose." 
I think that's probably like the true. cartilage is so yes. loose at that yeah. point, and it doesn't did not look broken. wasn't crooked or anything. Uh, but that was my morning. So fun. Paul's yelling help in the middle of his uh, his cries for help, and, and Lucy and should have been crying. Lucy for help. legitimately needed help. Yeah. I can't think of the last like nightmare that I remember having. I don't remember dreams very often. Yeah, like that. I don't either. These are these two recent ones are a surprise. The Mark Howard one was weirder really than the insane car. It's been, <laughs> like the last dream I remember having, this was like a year or so ago, um, and this is very random, but it was very vivid. I was th- sitting in the audience of What's My Line back in the 1950s, and I saw everything in black and white, and Groucho Marx was a guest. Wow. And I don't know where that came from, but that that's the last dream I remember in vivid vividly. vivid black and white? Yeah, I was in the audience, and I saw everything in black and white. Pretty cool. <laughs> that, is, that is. That's actually. That's a lot cool. better than the one I had. Dana, well, I, I don't know what triggered that though, because I've never. I don't even remember watching that show. Now you're a big Groucho fan. Everyone was smoking. You prefer him the Harpo? Maybe it was the cigars that drew me into that drink. Was it, who's the other brother? Yeah, Harpo I, and. Uh, I've recently watched Chaplin with uh, Robert Downey Jr. And everything was in black and white. Then all my dreams the next week. Lance, you have uh, any? Oh, these guys have dreamt. Oh, that, I guarantee you they have. Tell us about your last peyote experience and what kind of dream <laughs> that produced. I actually uh, produce audible words in Do my you? sleep as well. Yeah, I can't really say I'm on air. <laughs> oh, so you get, you get after it. You're like Apparently, a t- yeah. Tourette yeah. syndrome. I mean, my wife will curse. just wake me up and be like, Settle down. you have to stop that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm such a deep sleeper. I, don't th- I think that triggers why I don't remember the dreams. Yeah, I don't. Because um, it takes a while. The dreams that I remember are dreams where uh, there was something, someone I was with or something I was talking about or watching right before I went to bed. And then I have a vivid dream about that. The show I was watching. See, I like that because that makes perfect sense. And then it's like, okay, now I remember that. And I know exactly, I wake up knowing exactly why I remember the dream. Because I was just watching something about it. That's a good, like, perfectly sensible thing. uh, if If there's something that happens in my sleep, I wake up abruptly. Like, if it's a bad nightmare, it's more of a, oh, you know, you just come to. I don't say anything. There's no noise. Then I go back to sleep. See, I don't fall asleep quick at all. Like, it takes me a, a while to wind down. So, once I'm asleep, I'm out. And you're, it's tough to wake me up. So, Dana, this is interesting, on our YouTube chat. Yep. Follow us. Subscri- subscribe on YouTube at Outkick360. Just Outkick360 on YouTube, actually. But Dana says, night terrors aren't uncommon. I've had a few. My best sleep talking was my, but my best sleep talking was answering the phone in my sleep, and thinking I was it was answering the pizza man and actually talking on the phone. So I asked her to explain what's the difference between night terrors and a nightmare, because I've heard this before. Night terror. I have night terrors, and I'm thinking is that some churched up word for nightmares? Nightmare. Night terrors, according to Dana, being asleep or half asleep and believing you're being attacked. She said that she had one once with Hitler. In her dream. That so, would, Paul, that's that's a night tear. So you weren't, maybe uh, you weren't fully asleep. This was just a bad nightmare. I don't what time was, was it? Anything different. I have no idea. Well, d- did your family tell you what time it was? Do they have any recollection? No. You we guys didn't. really don't do a lot of communicating. Anymore, <laughs> we didn't discuss. I don't know you why. you just, like, walk up in a zombie state and put his baseball well, uniform on and get in the car and well, go to the game? I, I don't know why what time it happened was a significant element of it. I, if, I, if my significant other or my father woke up in the middle of the night screaming, help, 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 I'd probably check the alarm clock and see what time it was. You have an alarm clock? I have an alarm. I, don't, I, I have a clock in my bed. <laughs> this is fascinating. Next to me to see I have a clock as well next to me. Wow. 
I don't want to look at my phone and like go into it to. Do you guys have alarm clocks? I, I like having the clock though. I don't have to pick up my phone to see what time it is. Yeah, you just yeah. look over. So I don't want to know where I can see it, it when I'm blurry in the middle I, of the night. I, when I'm sleeping, I never want to know what time it is. This I'm, is fascinating. I mean, you don't want to know what time it is when you're sleeping. You don't want to know when you're at the end of a television show. No. <laughs> that, that, Paul that sees consistent. a series finale. It's like, oh, that's it. <laughs> no I don't idea. Know that was it. I, I mean, sometimes it's unavoidable to know it's the last show, but I'd rather not anticipate like, oh, there's five minutes left. I wonder what's going to happen. And sleep-wise, if I'm getting up at 7 and I know that it's 6.30 when I roll over, I'm like, oh, there's only a half an hour. Uh, or if I wake up to go to the bathroom and it's 12.30, I don't want to know that I just fell asleep. You seem to agree. A sensible man. Yes. I, I want to know what time it is. When I wake up and roll over, I, I like to know, oh, crap, I've got 45 minutes left to sleep. Or, oh, it's 2 a.m. I've got a long time left to sleep. <laughs> I like having that knowledge either way. Reed, I guarantee you Reed has had some night terrors. Falling, is, falling out of his front door. But now it makes sense yes. how Paul has routinely said he's overslept for things. Uh, routinely. You have missed flights. You have missed, oh, my alarm did, I set my alarm and did this. There's, there have been multiple stories where you hit your alarm too many times. You accidentally turn off your alarm. A handful. You're asleep. Back before cell phones like routinely adjusted like your calendar, like when you booked a, a flight out of uh, – Something is in a different time zone. I got screwed on that one time where I put it in my phone in Nashville, but it I was flying adjust. out of mountain time and it didn't adjust. I got screwed by that one time. Um, great recall by RPD on uh, the YouTube chat, Paul, because you had mentioned this person before. Did you ever check on the guy that you dreamt about a couple weeks ago? I think it was Paul, the guy coaching the baseball game in the dream. Mark Howard. Yeah. Yeah, I sent him a text and I was like, had a weird dream about you last night involving Ron Guidry. Uh, I hope everything's going well. I told you guys, I got the, you know, uh, uh, Mark Howard sometimes is not the most conversational guy. I don't know many people that wouldn't come back and say, did I not tell you guys this? No. I don't know many people that wouldn't come back and say, really? What was the dream? And Mark sent me thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> That's so Mark, though, that it, Total Mark. it's perfect. We could If we no, played no, that side, no that, interest that at all in it. your yeah. life or you yeah, or interesting. what was the dream about? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Sweet dreams. That's funny. Thumbs up. The nightmare of my life right now are these parlays that we're involved oh, with FanDuel. God. It's the uh, bane of our existence. <laughs> FanDuel <laughs> is unbelievable. The app is extremely easy to use. So easy. So easy. That Chad and I have lost two parlays last <laughs> night. Not one. Um, we, we went after the 76ers. They chased, they chased hard. And with the comeback by the Atlanta Hawks, we we, we wow. knew we were out on that game. But we had, what was the game that we had that was that first pitch was like at 2 o'clock yesterday? Now, Padres, Padres. Padres lose to the Rockies, so that set the night into a burning inferno. Uh, but late, late in the afternoon when they lost, that ruined our first parlay yes. that we played. So Hutton and I placed a separate parlay. Braves money line, Sixers to cover, I think it was six and a half or seven. Yes. And there was a point in the night, Hutton, where the Sixers are up 16 in the fourth quarter, and the Braves just hit a home run to go up seven to six. I know. In the sixth. And we're thinking, we're finally going to hit on a parlay, and then it all went to hell. And on top of all that, at the end of the show, we learned yesterday that Kawhi Leonard is out with what could be an ACL injury. So load it up. That's the one that really hurt. So we load up on (laughs) – we load up on the Jazz – and, and then Paul George turns into playoff Paul George all of a sudden. And the Clippers win by eight points, I think, 119-111 over Utah last night. 
instead of it going like we would have expected with Kawhi Leonard out and sidelined. Go figure. It was um, it was a rough day. It was a rough what seven eight hours uh, for us, and it's been a rough. <laughs> What are, I mean, what are we going on now? Is the Tuesday after Memorial Day yeah, was our last? It's like win a two-week run. Parlay. So we've lost for two straight weeks, and I'm I'm honestly thinking now we've all won separate. Well, this parlays. is the problem with yeah, the, we have. This is the problem with chasing. Like now, I want to do a different parlay every day, just to secondary see, parlay, just to see if I can break the that. streak one way or the other. Even if it's not our parlay, well, I'm going to do another one on my own to see if I can win one of them. Well, the thing is, I've hit on a couple, but not the show three, not the three sixty right. parlay. All of us have. Each of us has won some parlay that yep. we've not put forth as our parlay. But Paul, you have a you have a good one. I'm intrigued by well, I can't the US get Open. that now. But I'm going to do another. Well, explain US what Open you bet one. this morning. So what I bet this morning, um, Xander Shoffley. Xander Shoffley for top twenty today, and I can't find the second half of it because I've been logged out. And you have Kevin Durant. What did I say? Kevin Durant against Giannis head to head. Kevin Durant scoring more. And that, oh, that Durant is the favorite in the player points matchup. Uh, Nets and Bucks against Giannis. Paul's out on Giannis, so that means Giannis is likely to show yeah, up tonight. Right. Uh, uh, tip more off at in 740 on, Central. I, I, I mean, I'm out on Giannis from that game, yeah. but I'm more in right now on Durant. Just, I think he's kind of taking things over. And the I problem is we can't place this bet right. R- right, yeah, no. I'm Shoffley pointing this out started. early yeah. just, just for the simple fact that Shoffley, that top 20 they're not offering the top 20 after round one because the tournament has started. started to the point where you, you can bet Shoffley in his pairing. I don't think but, he can even bet that anymore okay. because I think he teed off. So I, I thought started. I'd check the tee times, but I blew it. So I'm going to find another one where we pick a guy in his pairing that we'll be able to watch tonight finish. And um, also, uh, I'm going to stick with that Durant, I think. Chad, it is June 17th, and the Braves are dead to you. Yep. They're, well, they're, uh, their well. chances of being good this year are dead to me. I'm not abandoning my fandom of no. the Braves, but they're, they're beyond. Abandoned. Are they six or seven games back now? With the well, there's a wild card. At least. They have the like Cardinals that. coming to town. Yep, they got Cardinals they were five games before. back before the Boston series. Yeah, I want to say they're six now. Um, lost both those games, ten to eight. The, the, their bullpen is their bullpen was a strength uh, a year ago, and it is atrocious this year. I mean, they, they have they're matching the league leaders in blown saves with Arizona, who may be the worst or one of the worst teams in baseball. The Braves are heading in that direction right now, and there's a lot of chat about who they need to trade for an outfielder, another hitter, and a starter, and bullpen. And I'm thinking, at what point do you not start sacrificing young players and just call it what it is? This just isn't your year. Yeah. With the injury, with with Ozuna and his domestic violence situation, Soroka not coming back until August, your best pitcher, your best starter, the start of the year, who is great, punches the bench and is out until August. I mean, these things are just piling up now for the Braves, and – I said this on uh, Monday, but they just play loser baseball at times. They're, I know Brian Snicker said it last night that we can't do the little things. And that ultimately is on the manager. Ronald Acuna is terrific. Ronald Acuna needs to know not to try to stretch a double into a triple, triple. when Freddie Freeman is three for four on the night with a home run a behind home run. him yeah. in the ninth down two, and you get thrown out at third. By a mile, you get thrown out at third. Those things can't happen. A.J. Minter can't go 0-2 on a pinch hitter with the bases loaded and two outs and just cruise one in there for a grand slam. 
can't happen. And these are the things the Braves routinely do. Because of that, I'm I'm out on their chances to rebound. Here's the thing that keeps teams in it, though. They are three and a half out of wild card. Right. Oh, look, they're not mathematically. No, they're not that. They're they're two or two and a half out yeah, of wild Ch- card. Yeah, but Chad's saying they're not the they're, team that we expected no, them to I know. be. But I, nobody thinks that. No GM's thinking, well, we'll right, get right, into the playoffs right. and not do well. They think we'll get into the playoffs. But, Paul, to, so, and I, I look at it in terms of I, – I, I never think of the wild card until like mid-August. No, I, I because I you're always looking at the division right. first. Then it, okay, if we're still there in the wild card, then you look at that, and um, it might get you one game. Right, but the Braves, so they get. I don't the look at the wild card at all. By the way, they get the yeah. Cardinals for four. I, I heard their their lineup of games before the All Star break. It's like the Cardinals for four. They get the Mets, who are it's leading like two the division. weeks straight. They Real get the Pirates, who they played well against. Yeah. They, they even have a double header against the Mets. It was bad. They yeah. get. Um, uh, Washington, I think. They yeah. have some winnable series. That would gain them some room in the division Could. when you're playing Mets and, and But if they're going to win the division. Phillies or Nationals. They are going to have to get red hot. They're going to win 10 or 11 straight. They're going to win seven, eight out of nine. Do something like that a couple of times. Or they're just going to need to have a stretch where they're on fire. I don't see this group accomplishing that. It's depressing. I, I, I somebody just, I did just that. don't. I mean, somebody did that with the Yankees. It'll take this many games to win the division. To win that many games, they'd have to do this to get there. I look at that, and I'm like, there's no way they're getting on that kind of pace yep. to get there. No way. Well, and it's it's um, it doesn't defy logic because there are some subtractions from the roster for injury and other reasons mm-hmm. with Ozuna for this Braves team. They shouldn't be this bad. And I've said all along, if they could just hover around 500 by the All-Star break, they'll be fine. And I, I was saying that fine in the division. The division's not that great. The, the Mets are doing it with pitching. And then you've got uh, Jacob DeGrom, who's having an all-time great pitching season, go out of the and game last night. And he's out in the second innings. inning. So if they could hover, even if they're three or four games under 500, if they could hover around 500 the All-Star break, I think they would give themselves a chance. I, I'm just seeing more and more evidence that this is a team that could flirt with 500 then go on a five-game losing streak. Yeah. And they're never going to get that level of hot you need to get. The Dodgers had a rough stretch early on, and they win a bunch of games in a row. And they're not going to have that many. Do you have this feeling that the Yankees are in far worse shape in terms of their roster construction? And, and look, I want them in. I, I want them to turn things around. But a little bit of me wants it to really fail. So that they have to come to terms with the failures of the roster construction. No lefties, uh, defensive guys who really aren't in the right position. I mean, they've failed. Cashman has put together a roster that's counted on the wrong things. Too many things having to all come together at the same time. And and what you had to see was a miraculous wish, not a this is likely to pan out. It sounds like Braves thing is predominantly a bullpen. But do you have any feeling in you like I do where you say, this deserves to fail, and when it fails, then they'll say, yeah, we have to really construct a bullpen that's a lot better and hardier than this and a lot smarter. See, I don't feel that way just because the Braves' core is so young and they're locked up for so long. I look at it more as a wasted opportunity of a season because they are in, we talk so much about windows. The Braves are in a window where they should be right there to win that division for the next six to seven years. It should years. be in their prime. Yeah. It is set up, especially with Soroka and Freed mm-hmm. when they're healthy right. and two young starters of that caliber. And then what they had in the bullpen a year ago, but with Acuna and Albies and now Austin Riley finally hitting. Freddie Freeman is rounding back into form after a horrific start to the season, the defending MVP. 
they're wasting opportunities in a full season to actually be good in the window that they have in front of them right now. That, to me, is the most frustrating thing. Yankees have gone from a team that obviously was careless, careless, careless with contracts with George Steinbrenner for a long time to a team that, uh, I mean, they're not reserved with contracts now, but they're very hell-bent on staying under the luxury tax limit. I think they've got to find a way. First off, the Yankees can afford to pay some luxury tax. Don't be reckless. But if you're going to contend as the Yankees, the way the Yankees do, you've got to be willing to, I mean, if they can't pay the luxury tax, who the hell can? If the Dodgers are doing it and these other big market teams are doing it, it's built for you. The Yankees can pay some luxury tax. You know, I don't think they should go make the trades this year because I don't think they're well enough constructed. With two left-handed hitters and an extra pitcher, they're going to get three guys and empty their system? I don't know if they should. But next season, pay some damn luxury tax. Craig brings up uh, my Orioles and their stellar rundown execution. If it's not base running uh, <laughs> for the Orioles' problems, uh, that you're right. They can't even uh, properly uh, pin a guy between first and second base anymore. They don't even cover third um, and run score. Well, that's what it takes in the league now for guys to advance. Base running is base bad running around is the league. Terrible. So you need somebody to botch a rundown in order to advance runners anymore. I know it's the crazy. Orioles have a, a few good young players. Is, is there, They're like, the stacked, hope though. of the Orioles? Like, like I always joked about, you know, whenever these Venezuelan prospects right. get up for the Braves, no. there's Acuna and some of these other guys, I'm like, that's when they're going to be good. Is there any of that with the Orioles? No, they've traded away all the big bats. Where are the Machado returns? Oh, yeah. It wasn't that good. In the minors. In Norfolk, Virginia? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're playing for the Norfolk Tides right now. <laughs> all rise. Yep. All right. Send in Norfolk for a game. You know, all the pitchers that they invested in were all using spider tech. So <laughs> no. they can't, they're not good at that anymore. We've got to reassess our draft process after this spider tech crackdown. Uh, we have Pro Football Doc coming up in about 15 minutes. Dr. David Chow, Outkick.com, with the column uh, this morning about LeBron James saying that the rash of injuries that we're seeing, I think there have been 11 All-Stars throughout the postseason that have missed at least some time this year. Uh, LeBron's pointing to the strenuous schedule over the last year, year and a half, that have led to uh, the, the rash of injuries that we're seeing across the NBA. Does, does the doctor agree? We will discuss that, and we'll hit some other headlines just around the corner. But first, another doctor. MyDrHank.com is the place to turn if you're suffering from ED. Erectile dysfunction affects over half of all men, but it doesn't have to make you feel like half of a man. Since 2017, My Doctor Hank has been making America hard again. They get you low-cost ED meds to overcome the psychological and emotional barriers to getting ED treatment. And Chad, you can get this for as low as $2 per pill. Yeah, and if you want to get it discreetly, you don't have to be discreet about it. It's a common uh, issue with, with men, over half of men. But if you want to get it mailed to you discreetly, you can do that. It's coming to you from a U.S. pharmacy. And, Paul, you cannot beat the price and the discount. The price is right. 50% off your first subscription order. You just go to mydrhank.com slash outkick. MyDrHank.com slash Outkick, 50% off your first subscription order. They offer only available for a limited time, MyDrHank.com slash Outkick. Outkick 360, if you're watching on YouTube, we appreciate you. We hope you'll subscribe to the Outkick 360 channel and that you'll ring the bell so you're alerted every time we go live each and every day at noon Eastern 
11 a.m. Central. And of course, we post exclusive content to the channel. You can be alerted every time that new content arrives at YouTube by subscribing and alerting yourself to OutKick 360. Pro Football Doc, Dr. David Chow, joins us in about seven to eight minutes from now. Looking forward to that conversation. Looking forward to Chad's pick on the U.S. Open. Guys, because picks winners. He does. He saw Mickelson coming from a mile away uh, and won big. Chad, where are we going? It's, um, PGA one, Championship one was very friendly say. to you. Yeah, so um, I have a couple of different bets here. Okay. Uh, first, my top ten. I've got Hideki Matsuyama and Siwoo Kim. Siwoo Kim at plus 950, by the way. So a $5 bet pays off $52.50 for top 10. My winner is the Alpha's Alpha, Brooks Kepka, who is currently plus 1800 hmm. to be the outright winner of the tournament. $5 bet pays off $95 if Brooks Kepka wins the U.S. Open. I also placed a bet on... Um, Dustin Johnson at plus $1,700, $5 bet, $90. Didn't get overly creative with the two winners. Guys that I know, guys that I know have, uh, have delivered, especially with Brooks Kepka in major settings. But um, I do like Siwoo Kim as a bit of an outsider to finish top 10 in a good payoff of that. You placed any long shots? I got two I haven't long yet. shots. Two F long Fandle. shots to win. Oh, go ahead. Tommy Fleetwood. You love plus five thousand. I like him, so I, I throw something on him all the time. And then I was watching some videos from uh, a, a golf betting outfit that I watch before every major. Rafael Cabrera Bello, he's plus thirty two thousand. One dollar pays out three twenty one. Get in on Cabrera Bello. Uh, Kepka and Mickelson are the biggest liabilities for Fanduel. And some of the info they sent out this morning. Kepka is plus sixteen hundred. Top five golfers in the U.S. Open outright winner market by just simple bet count. Uh, Kepka at plus sixteen hundred. Mickelson at plus fifty five hundred. Chad's not writing that again. Uh, Xander Shoffley at plus sixteen hundred, same right. as Kepka. Uh, John Rahm at plus eight fifty, and Jordan Spieth at plus two thousand. Um, and interesting bets on the outright market. Xander Shoffley, a guy has put down 15000 on Shoffley to win at plus 1800 nice And uh, there's been another bet at 4000 on Shoffley. So uh, the uh, Cabrera Bello, is that the golfer you said, Paul? $3 bet nets you $960. Yeah. It's the same exact payout as Phil Mickelson. I made a $1 bet. I think it, it was for me. It was right around there. It was a little over 800 but it's even more. The odds are even longer. Coming up, did the NBA schedule this past 12 to 15 months, did it affect or is it affecting the current players right now in the postseason? Dr. David Chow, Pro Football Talk, or Pro Football Doc, excuse me, joins us next on Outkick 360. Hang with us. Outkick 360 across the Outkick Network. Glad you're with us. Alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski, I'm Jonathan Hutton. Pleased to be joined by the injury analyst at Outkick.com, pro football doc on Twitter, Dr. David Chow joins us. Doc, great to have you back on the show. Hope you're doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you, and thanks for having me. We've seen a rash of injuries across the NBA. We 
And we read your column this morning at OutKick about LeBron's comments, the rash of injuries leading to more body breakdown based on the schedule. But you took a closer look at the NBA schedule. What do you think? LeBron certainly knows his body, but he's saying that he has warned everyone that the, the injuries and the schedule that we saw over the last 12 to 15 months would lead to some of the breakdowns we're seeing right now. Do you tend to agree just based on the injuries that we've noticed and, and, and noted so far? I, I don't agree, and I'm not saying I disagree. I'm saying the analysis is too simplistic, and let me tell you why. Yeah, I get, you know, it's pro football doc and stuff, but I have done basketball. I've worked with the Bulls. I've worked with the Timberwolves some, not as extensively in football. But even in football, you have to judge the individual injuries and in the individual circumstances before you can blame schedule fatigue or something. For example, is Kyrie Irving's ankle sprain significant one due to fatigue? He landed on Giannis's ankle. Is that fatigue? Certainly Chris Paul's COVID exposure, whatever it is, is not fatigue. But let's examine fatigue. I'll give you, it's possible that Kyrie, uh, sorry, uh, 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 Kawhi Leonard's ACL is related to fatigue. Was he more tired with his muscles? But he was running full speed, got bumped, and that is a mechanism to tear ACLs even when you're healthy and not fatigued but i mean that's possible but it needs more analysis to figure it out is all i'm saying i don't doubt that lebron knows his own body and if by short rest being a big deal lebron should be often injured because lebron has played more nba game, nba games across the last decade than any, anybody he's always playing to the end of the nba finals perennially whereas the rest of the league a lot of these guys have not been so they've had more rest than what LeBron had. And if you really look back at the thing, the NBA cut back about 25 games across the last two seasons. And if you really analyze the lead up to this season, 2020, there was more rest in 2020 for the NBA players than any other calendar year combined. There was a four plus month hiatus because of COVID. And then yes, the shorter turnaround before returning to play, but overall more rest and in, uh, Mid-April, Tim Reynolds, the AP, put out a story where the NBA analyzed it and said the injuries were lower slightly than the last uh, five years. I'm not saying it's safer, but I get it. A lot of stars have gotten injured. Now look, in the NFL, I remember in week two, two seasons ago, Big Ben went out and so did Drew Brees. And everyone said, that's a horrible injury week in the NFL. Brees for his... For his uh, thumb and, and Big Ben for his elbow. In reality, the rest of the league was okay. So I get all the stars in the NBA are getting high-attention injuries, but overall, even in the playoffs, the other starters that are not the marquee guys aren't, and they play similar minutes. So I'm just saying you can't paint it with the broad brush, broad brush stroke that LeBron seems to be. Well, and, and Doctor, you are the pro football doc, and I know in your piece you compared it to the NFL coming off the COVID restrictions in this last season. I think you referenced Saquon Barkley's injury also. And you said you need a bigger sample size to really get a gauge on what the layoffs and what the time in the season everything does in terms of injury. What did you see in, in this COVID NFL season in regards to layoff time, not together as a team, not having the same organized team activities and how that related to injuries during the regular season. 
great question there. And to finish off on the LeBron thought, I'm not saying he's dead wrong. I'm saying you need a more thorough analysis. You can't just make the broad brush, brush stroke, like I said. Now, for the NFL, I cited in the article week two this year, Saquon Barkley tore his ACL and so did uh, Nick Bosa. And everyone's like, oh, that's a bad injury week. But overall, it was not a bad injury week. And what you speak to here is is what I call acclimation injuries. For example, last year, overall, season long, there were fewer ACL injuries across the league. And that would make sense because you had four fewer games, four fewer preseason games. If we break them down to preseason injuries before the first game, OTAs, which we really didn't have in preseason, it was lower. It had less exposures, fewer ski runs, fewer ACL tears, fewer football activities, fewer ACL tears. Now come the regular season, it was slightly higher than typical, overall still a little bit lower. So you had a shift of the preseason injuries into the early weeks of the season where we did have an increase in ACLs, where we did have an increase of hamstring and muscle injuries, what we call acclimation injuries to the sport. So overall, it wasn't higher because there's less exposures, but there was a shifting of the OTA and preseason injuries into the early part of the regular season. What do you expect out of a 17th regular season game, and how much do you expect the NFL to head in a load management fashion. Here in Nashville, Mike Vrabel really, really tapers things off practice-wise. Um, middle of the season and on, they do very uh, a, a lot less in practice and a lot more walk-through stuff. You see that trending? Depends. I mean, I've dealt with load management issues, first of all, uh, as a team physician. And first of all, load management has always existed in the NFL. The NBA gets grief for load management because a player gets a game off. Baseball has always done load management. In football, we do it too. It's just rare that you sit a guy for a whole game. You may split his time at running back. You may split his time at outside linebacker. You may sit him for certain series or only use red zone snaps, et cetera, if a guy is, is tired or hurt. So load management is part of it, and part of that is practice, and Mike Babel is smart to do so. But I get asked about, like coaches used to ask me, what do you think about giving the guys a day off? Sometimes it's global and a team is tired, but it's really individual. For example, that 13-year veteran probably can use a day off and less practice. That 13-game player probably needs more practice and more reps, right? And so it's not a one-size-fits-all solution, and you have to know your team, and obviously Mike Vrabel does. So, Doctor, there's been a lot of talk about Christian Erickson uh, for Denmark, the collapse and the media coverage of it, and how ESPN should or should not have gone about filming it, showing it, everything else. But we had questions about the medical standpoint of all of this. Uh, emergency personnel, doctors on the scene, dealing with an emergency like that where there is a cardiac arrest and someone collapses uh, on a playing surface, whatever it may be, what is the medical protocol for when something like that happens? And what did you witness when seeing everything that went on with Christian Erickson that obviously got the good result in the end? I think everyone did a great job, and this is why we prepare for that. There are some comments that I have where I may not love what happened, but it's not really to the medical care. They did a great job. Uh, every professional team that I know of, and quite honestly, most colleges, and I think it should be all 
and including high schools, should have an automatic external defibrillator on hand uh, for these sudden cardiac cases. If not for the athletes, if not for the kids, for the coaches, maybe even for the fans. We have them in malls, right, the AEDs. And that's what saved his life. Obviously, quick recognition, quick reaction. Obviously, feeling that he didn't have a pulse. Of course, they started CPR to start, and then the AED saved his life. They did everything by the book. Every team drills it. We run through a drill before the start of the season. Who goes where, where, where's the spine board, whatever. I've been the head of medical tour uh, tournaments, you know, uh, uh, rugby sevens tournaments, Olympic events. You practice and drill for this. Now, in my 20-plus year career on the sidelines, I've never had to do it, thankfully, but we drill every year. And they reacted very well in the special situation. A couple of points, though. Number one, the, his teammate that helped him out early on did a great job. He stabilized him. You know, he, he held him. He covered him. He did not perform CPR. Look, it's unrealistic for to ask a player, even if he's trained in ACLS or BCLS, to start CPR. Uh, you know, you got to take a pulse first, do the right thing. And you know that the, the medical staff is coming within 30 seconds. Great response. The only thing I didn't love was there seemed to be a couple of doctors afterwards that said this is the end of his career and uh, saved his life and this is the end of his career. I'm not sure that it's the end of his career. And it came out this morning that he had an ICD, uh, an internal defibrillator that will need to be implanted. And there are plenty of cases, and I can show you, where athletes have returned to play with it. I don't know his medical circumstance. It's first to get a diagnosis, let his treating doctors take care of it. But I didn't love within 24 hours that some doctors came out and said his career was over and you didn't have the firm diagnosis. I think what ESPN did was okay. Their, their media, they, they didn't zoom in on him. They kept a wide angle view. Uh, look, they put up those sheets that, you know, I think they, they were reasonably respectful as to what happened. I just didn't love doctors chiming in. And that's why I was saying at Outkick podcast on Monday, look, let's just wait to get a diagnosis before we chime in on this. And even now, as we have that he needs this ICD defibrillator implanted. I think it's possible that he can play, but will he want to? Does his specific medical condition allow it? I don't know that, but I wouldn't slam the door on it if he wants to. And of course, you got to make sure it's safe to. And there are precedent for him, for people with this ICD device implanted returning. Dr. David Chow, our guest, you can read and hear more of his work at outkick.com. Doc, uh, and you can follow him on Twitter, at ProFootballDoc. Curious, Tyler Glass now for the Rays said that the adjustment on the grip of the baseball led to ligament issues in his elbow that could lead to Tommy John surgery. We don't know that yet, I don't believe. But as you heard Glass now's comments about having to adjust his grip, we have spider tack here in the studio we were messing around with earlier this week on camera. Uh, does it make sense that the, the grip adjustment could lead to injuries for arms in Major League Baseball? Uh, yes and no, okay? Uh, for me, grip throwing a baseball, I'm coaching my son's all-star eight-year-old Pinto baseball team now. It wouldn't matter. I, I don't have the same grip. I don't throw that hard. If I get hurt, it's because I'm old, okay? Yeah. But for a baseball pitcher, a major leaguer, a professional athlete, I always tell people these are fine-tuned indie cars, I'm the jalopy. It doesn't matter what kind of gas you put in me. I'm going to run, okay? But these indie race cars, the smallest adjustment can set things off. So I don't doubt that it's possible 
especially for a guy like him. Now, it's not necessarily for everyone. What grip, what pitch, how does he throw? It affects different pitchers and throwers different ways. So is it possible? Yes, because they are such fine-tuned machines. We'll wrap uh, with an ACL question. We're heading into our Tennessee Power Hour. Two guys here in Tennessee recovering from ACL tear repairs on their right knees. Taylor Lewan, Taylor uh, a left tackle, suffered his October 18th. Bud Dupree, far later, the free agent edge rusher from Pittsburgh, December 2nd. Are we correct to be estimating a seven to nine month timetable on those guys? Yes and no. That's a general ballpark. But you have to remember, recovery from any injury, especially in ACL, is not a light switch. It's not like it's more slow sunrise, right? I mean, the light is coming on, but slowly. You're getting better and better. It's not like you can't at eight months and 29 days, and at nine months, you're magical and 100%. It's gradually returning and coming. So even if both these players are ready week one, they're going to be better week 12, and they're going to be better next season. It is easier for an offensive player to return, especially since it's Taylor Ron's right knee, his plant-based leg instead of his kick leg, than it is for Bud Dupree, who's an edge rusher, and quite honestly, he may be limited to one side based on his knee, uh, and he also has to react more. So it's going to be harder for Bud Dupree than it is Taylor Lewan, not only from time span, but defense and offensive player and how he plays the game. What's what's the average on a player need? And I, I know this is ballpark here, <clears throat> on a player needing a quote unquote cleanup operation after the ACL tear. Uh, you hope it doesn't happen. You hope you don't need it. In anecdotal experience. Once it happens, it's sort of a downhill spiral, you know, that's kind yep. of happening now for Rashad Penny and others. Look, you either have an Adrian Peterson situation where you don't look back, and there's a lot of other examples of that. But once you have that again and again spiral, look at, uh, you know, at the uh, Bryce Love. You know, he didn't do well from his surgery and washed out of the league without playing, and he had several surgeries, you know. So it really depends on the individual circumstance, but in general, once you get the second one and starting the third, there's a, you know, it's a downward trend at that point in time. Hey, let everyone know where they can find you uh, online. I know you do the podcast at Outkick.com, of course, the columns. Uh, let everyone know how to follow you on Twitter and, and where we can get more content like this. Yeah, all the stuff at Outkick, Outkick Podcast. Happy to come on anytime. Twitter is at ProFootballDoc, D-O-C, and ProFootballDoc.com. We, we got some new things coming, and obviously football season is around the corner. But on the Twitter timeline, I think I've been in NBA feed the last couple of weeks. So to that point, LeBron is correct. By the eye test, there's lots of injuries. But that doesn't mean it's just because of fatigue. And again, read uh, Dr. Chow's work at Outkick.com. Appreciate the time this morning, and uh, we hope to get you on again soon. Thank you. Anytime. All right. Thank Dr. You. David Chow has Thanks. been our guest. Uh, great point. Uh, you know, we think about the, the all-star star power of the NBA, and when we see a Kawhi Leonard go out, we automatically rush to think, okay, what caused the knee injury? But he looks at it from, okay, how many on the actual roster of the Clippers are affected by injuries based on you know the timetable of, of turnaround. And then he actually looked at the rest and said this past year they, they received more rest than usual. 
Well, and, which I also would not have guessed. Yeah, I thought yeah, four and, months. And, he, and in the piece at Outkick, he does compare the football season in week two. He mentioned Bosa yeah. and Saquon Barkley going down. Immediately, people were thinking, "Oh, this is." The lack of the acclimation period showing up, no preseason. Because we expected You're it. You're going to see more injuries like yep. that, and that turned out not to be the case. It's big name. A year big ago. Big names make right. you think it's a big week. Right. But it's really the depth of the injuries, not the yes. names And of that's the what he said on the NBA. It's the big names in the NBA, but it's not quite the depth of the injury. I also thought it was an interesting point on Christian Erickson and television doctors. And, and I thought the same thing. I think we would all think, well, he's never playing soccer again. I would assume that. When he has cardiac arrest playing soccer. But he was quick to say, I don't like doctors coming on and saying that because they don't know. And he pointed to other instances <clears throat> where people have come back with this and they have that internal unit uh, that they can play with and continue playing sports. So uh, not that he's going to do that, but I found but that to be in an the realm of possibility. Yeah. yeah. We discussed, Paul mentioned uh, Dupree and Lawan. We heard from Lawan yesterday on his recovery we'll, we'll discuss that we discussed some observations from titans minicamp and much more straight ahead in the tennessee power hour on outkick 360 hang with us hey it's jonathan hutton thanks for listening to outkick 360 be sure to subscribe to the show to have the latest podcast delivered to you each and every day and give us five stars it helps us grow our network and provide you with more great podcasts like this one